How many of you have ever ran out of gas before? Run out of gas before? I can honestly say that I have not run out of gas while I was driving. I've never done it. Yet, yeah, yes, yes, correct, yet. I haven't done it yet. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, I can think of one time that my family did run out of gas, though. I was, I was in school. I don't remember what grade I was in, but I remember my mom was driving the van, and we ran out of gas, and we were like two or 300 yards away from the school. We were going to school that morning. Weren't very far away, so my mom said, hey, kids, get out of the car, push. And so we got out. We started pushing, and I was like, yeah, I mean, we are pretty close, no big deal. 200 yards pushing a minivan is a big deal. Like, it was, it was tough. And I remember we really had to push the car to get it all the way to where we were going. I've learned through that that there are a couple different types of people in the world. There are those who like to fill up before their gas tank ever gets below like a quarter of a tank. And then there are those who like to fill up once their gas tank gets to empty. They like, to, like the light comes on, they're like, oh, I got to go get gas. And then there are those that the light comes on and they say, challenge accepted. <laughs> they're the people who say, they're the, they're the type that are like, I know my car. You guys know those people? I know my car. I know that when the light comes on, I still have... 23 miles or whatever. They're, they're, how many of you are that way? You, you're like, I know how many miles. I know my car. Yeah. How, those of you who just rose your hand, have you ran out of gas before? No. Okay. Some of you, yes. Some of you, no. Impressive for those of you that are no. How many of you are the, are the type that you say, hey, I don't, I don't know that I even know what my gas gauge looks like below a quarter of a tank. Anybody? couple people. There's, that's fewer, I think. There's not as many people who are that way. I'm the type that once the light comes on, I'm like, okay, it's time to go get gas. I don't like to push it much further after. So here's the, the moral of the story. I don't like to be running on empty. I don't. How many of you have heard that phrase before, running on empty? How many of you have even used that phrase before? I'm, I'm running on empty. I'm just totally depleted. I'm running on empty. There's no margin in your life. You can't remember the last time that you truly felt rest or the last time that you felt like you had a full tank. That busyness, stress, and anxiety or worry, they run your life. Today I want us to look at how we can keep a full tank so that we are not running on empty. In fact, Jesus invites us to do this. We're meant to live an abundant life. We can have a peace that passes all understanding, instead of a life that's running on empty, full of busyness and stress and worry. Let's read a passage that is likely familiar to all of you. It's Matthew chapter 11, the end of the chapter in verses 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, as we get into the message this morning, I ask that you would guide my thoughts and my words and that you would help me to speak only the words that you would have me to say and that I would only be an extension of you, Lord. God, I pray that you would uh, be with the service, that you would give uh, everybody ears to hear and to listen and that it would just be a good time together, and that we would honor and glorify you in this moment here. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, we're going to jump right into it. Here's my first point. Point number one, if you are going to change from being 
stressed and tired and exhausted. Point number one, you have to do this. You have to get fed up. You have to get fed up with being tired and exhausted and stressed out and anxious. You have to get fed up with it. If you never get fed up with it, you'll never want to change. You have to be so fed up with living a life that's full of busyness and stress and anxiety that you're willing to stop doing what you have been doing and do what this passage tells us to do. Anytime in my life that I have decided that I'm going to lose weight, it's because I have got fed up with how I looked or how I felt. It's when I walk up the stairs and I'm going, <gasps> after one flight of stairs, and I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to live life like this. I'm fed up with being this way. And I decide to lose some weight, right? Because I got fed up with it. If we're ever going to change the life of busyness and stress and anxiety and worry that we have now, the heavy burdens that we're bearing that we have now, then we have to get fed up with where we are so that we can move on to what God has for us. I believe that this is one of the biggest catalysts for change, just getting fed up with it. Realizing that life has to be more than all the busyness and the anxiety and the burdens. It is more. The Bible tells us it's more. John 10.10 says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Philippians 4 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, not stress, not worry, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The Bible makes it pretty clear that we're not supposed to be living life running on empty. We don't need to be stressed out and full of worry and full of anxiety. He's saying there's better things ahead of you. There's an abundant life that I, that I want you to live. I want you to have an abundant life. I want you to have a peace that passes all understanding. This is what I want you to have. But why don't we have it? We go through life running on empty rather than having a full tank. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Uh, laboring here means that these are the, the, the loads and the burdens that you have put on yourself. How many would say, I've put a burden on myself? There's a burden that I bear and it's my fault. Yeah, we've all done that. Heavy laden, though, means the burdens that are put on you by others or by other circumstances. I bear and you all bear, we all bear burdens and difficulties and things in life that we go through that we have to deal with that we didn't do anything to cause it. It's just life. We live in a sin-filled world and bad things happen, right? And those are burdens that, we ha- that have been put on us that we now have to bear. You're burdened, you're heavy laden. This first point, it's short and it's self-explanatory, but it's so important. If you don't see the need to change, then you never will. You have to get fed up with where you've been, with being exhausted and stressed out and tired of carrying all these heavy burdens by yourself. Jesus gives us our next step right there in the first three words of this passage when he says, come unto me. Come unto me. 
first thing you got to do is you got to get fed up. The second thing you have to do is come to Jesus. You have to come to Jesus. So often in life, we are laboring and we are heavy laden. We're stressed out. We're busy and anxious. And what do we do? We turn to social media. We turn to substances. I'm sure you've heard it said before, I'm so stressed out, I need a drink. Or I have so much going on, I just need a smoke right now. Maybe we turn to food. How many of you are this way? You go through a long, exhausting, tiring day and you're like, I just want some Wendy's. Anybody? (laughs) That's me. That's me. Like you just want some food, right? We turn to food because we're tired. We're exhausted. Maybe you turn to uh, to addictions. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's Netflix. See, the thing about this is, is not all of these things are bad. Some of them clearly are wrong, but some of them are not necessarily bad things. There's nothing wrong with shopping. There's nothing wrong with Netflix. But the Bible doesn't say when you're heavy burdened and heavy laden to go eat some food and watch some TV. He says, come unto me. Come unto me. It's okay to, to, have, to sleep and to have hobbies and to do things that are good for you. But are you going to Jesus as well? Because he's saying, if you come to me, that's when I can give you rest for your soul. I can give you rest for your soul. So you're laboring, you're heavy laden, you're stressed out, you're anxious, you're so busy. But first, you're fed up with it. It's a good thing. Then you go to Jesus. That's a great thing. It's a great start. So let's see what happens next. Continue on in the passage. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. The third thing that you need to do is get yoked with Jesus. You have to get yoked with Jesus. What does it mean to take on Jesus' yoke, though? Right? I mean, that doesn't, like, it's like, yeah, take on Jesus' yoke. Walk with him, okay, yeah, you're close. You're very close, actually. Here, I have a picture of a yoke in use. This is a yoke with two oxen, and they're uh, pulling it, right? So a yoke, what a yoke does is it allows two animals to share the burden that they are pulling together. They share the, bo- the burden that they're pulling together. Jesus tells us to take his yoke upon us, and later says that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light, It's so important that we notice uh, whose yoke it is here in the passage that we are taking. Notice the passage doesn't say, come unto me and I will take your yoke. He says, come unto me and take my yoke. Take Jesus' yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're putting on Jesus' yoke. He is the one that we are sharing our burden with. You know, the Bible tells us as Christians that we are to bear one another's burdens. And that's, that's good because me, as a, as a Christian, I have burdens that I bear, that I have to carry because I'm human, just as we all do. And I have Christian brothers and Christian sisters who will come beside me and say, hey, I'm your brother and I'm your sister in Christ and I will encourage you and I'm gonna help you bear this burden. Let's get yoked up together. Let's bear it together. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. The Bible tells us to do that. And that's good. That's great. Because now we can encourage one another, but I'm bringing my weight and my burdens. They're bringing their weight and their burdens, and now we're pulling them together. 
Bible tells us to do that. It's good to do. We should be doing that. We should also, though, be getting yoked with Jesus. But here's the difference. When you get yoked with Jesus, I'm bringing my weight and I'm bringing my burdens. What is Jesus bringing? Nothing but strength and raw power to help me pull this burden. Because Jesus doesn't have past mistakes that he has behind him. He doesn't have any of that. He's just coming and saying, hey, I want to help you. Take my yoke. Put it on you. Let me bear this burden for you. It's so much better for us to get yoked with Jesus. But how, how do you get yoked with Jesus? What does that mean? Do you just pray and ask God to, to help you take on his yoke? What, what does that mean? It means that you have to give up control. You have to give up control. Anybody who would admittedly say they're a little bit of a control freak in here? Yeah. If you're going to get yoked with Jesus, you have to be willing to give up control. Remember that you're taking on his yoke, right? If we could get the picture of the the oxen back up there, what would happen if both of those oxen decided that they both wanted control and the one was going to go right and the other one was going to go left? Nothing's going to happen, right? They're just going to pull against each other and they'll stay still, right? So there's two options. There's two options when you're yoked up, okay? The first option is you give up control. The second option is you get out of the yoke. That's the only two options. There's no other options. When you get yoked with Jesus and you take on his yoke, there's two options. You give up control or you get out of the yoke. That's it. Jesus says, get yoked with me. Give up the control to me. Let me take over. Let me guide you. Let me carry the weight. If not, you're going to to bear it. you're gonna have to bear it on your own. That heavy weight that you've been carrying, it's going to be back on you. Because I, you can't be yoked up with me unless I have the control. You have to be willing to give the control away to Jesus. When you get yoked with Jesus, it means that you give up control. And when you give up control of your heavy burden, exhaustion, and your difficulties, that is when you know that you are yoked with Jesus. In fact, if you think that you are yoked with Jesus, but the burden is heavy and you're exhausted, then you can't be. Because the Bible tells us, it tells us that when you're yoked up with Jesus, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. But the only way that you get that is when you are yoked up with Jesus. And if you're going to give control to anyone, shouldn't it be Jesus? Of all the people to give control to, give the control to Jesus. Once we do this, the the weight lifts off our shoulders. The pressure to please everyone fades away. The stress levels subside. The anxiety, the stress, worry, they begin to fade. Your energy levels begin to go up. Your tank begins to fill. All because you have let Jesus take over. And now you can go from burdened and tired and heavy laden to Jesus is in control. You're yoked up with him and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You're exhausted, you're stressed, you're anxious, your life is overrun with busyness, but you're on the right track, right? Because you got fed up with it. You went to Jesus. Then you took on his yoke. You got yoked with Jesus. But now what? 
The passage isn't over. It doesn't leave us there. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Point number four is this. We have to learn from Jesus. We have to learn from Jesus. What are we supposed to learn though? The first thing is we have to learn to give up control, right? We already covered that. You have to learn to to just give it to God. But then he says this, and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. In other words, uh, meek could be, could be uh, another word for that would be gentle. I am, I am gentle and lowly of heart is humility. I'm gentle and I am humble, okay? What would the opposites of gentleness and humility be? Would it be safe to say that it would be aggression and pride? The opposites of gentleness and humility would be aggression and pride. So what happens when we are unwilling to give God control over the difficulties and the burdens in our life. When we don't want to give them up, it's because we are saying, I got this. I can do this. Uh, This burden is heavy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to bear down, I'm going to muscle up, and I'm going to pull it. I'm going to do it all on my own, and I can handle it, right? We say that. Jesus is saying, learn of me because you're being aggressive and proud in what you're saying. I am gentle and humble. Learn of me. If you're, going, if you're ever going to, to not have to bear these burdens alone, then you have to show some gentleness and humility by giving it to me. Men, could I, could I talk to you for a minute? This, one's, this one I, I didn't like. I didn't like studying this part out. We have to be okay with, men, we have to be okay with saying to God, I cannot do this on my own. I am not strong enough and I cannot fix this. And as men, that like, that hurts, right? Gets you right in the dignity, you know? Because as men, we're, that's what we want to do. We want to be strong enough. We want to fix things. We want to make things right. We want to just do it on our own, Right? But Jesus is saying here, if you want my help, you have to show some gentleness and some humility. You have to be willing to give it to me. You have to be willing to go to Jesus and say, I can't do this. I can't bear this. I can't fix this. We have to learn from Jesus' gentleness and humility instead of just bearing down and carrying the load. You were not meant to carry every load alone. You were not meant to run on empty. You were not meant to always be exhausted and stressed and anxious and busy. You guys know that, that God created us to rest for one whole day every week. He created the Sabbath day. And it's not just like, a, it's not one of the, the principles that you find in the, in the Bible. It's, it's like, it's one of the big ten. Like, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor the Sabbath, right? It's up there with thou shalt not kill. Honor the Sabbath. God places a pretty high importance on us being able to rest. And I think that's because it's important for us to rest. 
We're not meant to run on empty. We're meant to have a full tank because when we have a full tank, we can be effective with advancing the kingdom of God, with sharing the gospel, with doing what God has for us in our lives. Because if we are not well rested, if we are exhausted and stressed and full of anxiety and worried, and we just, there's just so much going on, how effective can we be for God? We can't be very effective. So you're exhausted, you're laboring, and you're heavy laden, you're stressed and anxious and busy and running on empty. But you understand that we're meant to live an abundant life with a full tank, ready to advance the kingdom of God. So you get fed up with where you were, you decide you're going to change, you go to Jesus, you get yoked with Jesus, and then you learn from Jesus about his gentleness and his humility. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We all need rest, and this is the biblical formula for, for it. Now, much of the exhaustion and the stress and the anxiety that we experience is brought on by our own doing. Can we agree on that, right? We bring a lot of stress and anxiety and busyness into our own lives. We just do. Well, before we close out the service today, I want to give a practical concept uh, that has been revolutionary in my life. Uh, now, this, this concept, you're not going to turn to Proverbs chapter whichever and find this concept. You're not. It's, it's not directly laid out in Scripture. Uh, it's the concept called energy management. Energy management. And like I said, this is a little different for a Sunday morning service, but it's a, it's a practical thing that I think would be a huge help to you all as it's been a huge help to me. I first heard uh, this concept when I uh, was listening to a podcast. Uh, Craig Groeschel is a pastor, and he has a leadership podcast. And in his podcast, uh, he talked about this concept of energy management. Okay, I want to try to illustrate it as best I can here as well. So, Here's the concept. Every person has energy, right? We all have energy. We have the energy to do things, okay? And energy is used by doing activities. This green water and this pitcher is going to represent activity. Anytime the water is poured out or anytime water is poured into this pitcher, it's going to represent act activity, okay? So, Let's say that today is a great day as it has been, right? Today's a good day. Everybody's good, yeah. So your emotional tank is going to be pretty full, pretty full, okay? Your mental tank, because you're learning a lot, because the pastor is preaching really good. Yeah, mental tank is full. Physical tank, because everybody got a great night's sleep last night, right? Yeah, your physical tank is full. And then spiritually, because you're here at church, you're, you're uh, spending time with other Christians, you're hearing from God's word, your spiritual tank is full. Okay, so we have four different tanks of energy. Emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual. Now, different activities that you do are going to use energy from different fuel tanks. Does that make sense? So, Today's Sunday. It was a good day. You go into tomorrow, into Monday. We're just going to go hypothetically here. You go into Monday and you're just, you wake up and you're like, everybody, anybody ever wake up and you're like, wow, I just feel great today. And like you have those days, maybe few and far between, but there's days where you just wake up and you're like, wow, th this is going to be a good day. 
This is how your energy levels would look on days like that, okay? So you wake up Monday morning, this is how you feel. Wow, today is gonna be a good, it's just gonna be a good day. I just know it is. Monday is a pretty normal day, okay? You go to work, uh, you use a little bit of emotional energy at work, not a whole lot. Uh, mental energy at work, you probably use a good bit more, uh, you know, maybe about half of that. And then uh, your physical energy, if you have a pretty physical job, you'd use a good bit of that as well. And then spiritual energy, how many of you would say you use spiritual energy at work? Yeah, yeah. Lots of people do, lots of people do. So you use a good bit of that. That's your work day on Monday, okay? Then you come home, and then you have to, you know, be with your family. You don't, I mean, you don't have to. You get to spend time with your family. Sorry. Whew. You get to spend time with your family, which takes some emotional energy, right? You use some emotional energy, and then maybe you talk finances some with your, with your spouse, so you use some mental energy. And then maybe you decide you're going to go exercise for a little bit, so you use some physical energy. And then uh, you have some family devotions, which uses some spiritual energy, Okay? Then you go to bed that night, starts to refill, you know, you get a little bit more of your emotional energy, you get a little bit more of your mental energy back, uh, but it, it wasn't the best night's sleep, it wasn't a super great night's, how many, you guys have just nights of sleep that are just not all that, you wake up, you're still tired and stuff, so you didn't really gain much physical, and because you're still tired, you're still kind of grumpy, you didn't gain much spiritual either, but because you did have the family devotions last night, that'll kind of boost this up a little bit as well. You get into Tuesday, though, and you have an argument with a coworker when you get there, and you're angry and upset, and so that uses a lot of your emotional energy. You don't have much left. Another busy day at work, you use a good bit of, emo- of mental energy, and then boss asks you to stay and work some overtime, so you do, and you're pretty physically depleted. And then because you've been upset and mentally drained and physically tired, you spiritually begin to get drained as well. Then you go, to, go home, use the rest of your emotional energy with your family. It's not the greatest night's sleep again. You don't sleep super well. You've got a lot on your mind. You've got burdens that you're bearing. Mentally, you just don't get a good night's rest. Physically, you wake up even more tired than when you went to bed. And spiritually, you're just barely hanging on. You go into Wednesday after a night's sleep and go into Wednesday and your coworker's still mad. You don't have anything left in the emotional tank. Work is still tough. You don't have anything left in the mental tank. Work is still rigorous. You don't have anything left in the physical tank. Here's a, a key concept when it comes to energy management. When there's no fuel left in the emotional tank, that doesn't mean emotional activities go away. When there's no fuel in the mental tank, that doesn't mean that mental activities go away. They're still there. So when they happen, you then have to pull fuel, pull energy from other areas. At this point, by the end of the day on Wednesday, if you don't do anything to refuel your tanks, you are completely empty. Not even just running on empty now, you're, you're empty, empty. You ran out of gas. How many of you have felt that way before? I am, I am emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually exhausted. I'm so wore out. I, don't, I just don't know what to do. Here's the, the two key components of understanding energy management. The first one is understanding what takes away your energy. What takes away your energy. 
and this isn't always a bad thing, right? Spending time with your family uses emotional energy. That's not a bad thing. Uh, using mental energy to, to do stuff at work is not a bad thing. Using physical energy to do stuff at work is not a bad thing. Using spiritual energy to, to do things like write a message or have family devotions is not a bad thing. They're not bad things, but they just use energy. So you have to understand what uses the energy And then secondly, you have to understand how to refuel your energy. From Monday to Wednesday, this person, let's say it's me, I did nothing, nothing to refuel my energy tanks. Some of it out of my control, most of it in my control. I didn't do anything to refuel. So now I'm completely depleted. I have nothing to offer my family, nothing to offer work, nothing really to offer God because I'm completely exhausted. I'm running on empty. I have to know what is going to refuel my tank. Yesterday was my birthday. For my birthday, we went and we went and shot some guns. It's fun. How many of you that? You're like, that's fun. That sounds fun. We had a good time. We went and shot some guns. That helped fuel my emotional tank. Why? Because it was fun. It was just a good time. There's stuff in life that's just fun. It's a good time and it'll help fuel your emotional tank. Now, each person is going to be different. Some of you, I just said shooting guns, and you were like, meh, whatever. I I don't really care. That's not going to really fuel your emotional tank. For me, it did. Okay? My mental tank. Uh, This is something I told the 930 service. I think they judged me, and you guys probably will too, but that's okay. This is my tank. I get to refuel it how I want to. So, when I feel mentally drained, what I like to do is I like to sit down and play some video games for half an hour to an hour-ish or so. Maybe two or three hours, who knows, yeah. I I just, I I like to do that. If I am mentally exhausted, sometimes I'll go home and just sit down and play some video games. And for me, like, that does a lot because it it refills my mental tank. It's something that I can do that gives me a little bit of of a break from what I was doing, but my brain is still going. It also makes me kind of happy, so it refuels my emotional tank some. Physically, what can you do to, to refuel your physical tank? You can get a good night's sleep. You can take a nap. Yeah, just sleeping will help to refuel your physical tank. Things like eating well, things like exercising and just being physically healthy will help to refuel your physical tank, your spiritual tank. You can do things like go to church like you are right now. You can do things like listening to worship music. I listen to music all the time. You can do things uh, like listening to podcasts. I listen to podcasts a good bit. You can do things like get involved in a life group. You can do things like serve on a serving team. And guys, your tank begins to fill up. Can I tell you guys a story of something that, man, it just, I, I was just, I was tired and it really fueled me up big time. I, it was, I don't know, maybe four or five days after we had uh, Kara, which is our daughter, and uh, she's awesome, but four or five days after we had her, and there was some nights that were pretty restless, and there was some times where, where Lydia was just wore out, because obviously she did a lot more than I did, and uh, so I would, I would take Kara, and I would get her to stop crying and go to sleep, and I would let Lydia go to bed, and so I would, I would go into the other room, and then we found this on Alexa, just a Spotify playlist, it's called Worship Lullaby, and it's worship songs, but in like a lullaby kind of feel. They're they're cool. Uh, And I remember I was sitting there with Kara, and I, it's just a new thing for me, because I'm a dad, and uh, 
the song, it's a song called Run to the Father. Some of you probably know the song. It came on. I was, I was just kind of singing along, singing it to Kara. And man, before I knew it, I was just like overwhelmed with emotions. And I remember I'm sitting there. I think it's because I'm now a father and I'm looking at my daughter and I'm saying, run to the father. And it was just a moment for me. And I left that room spiritually full emotionally full. I wasn't even physically tired anymore. Like I was just (sighs) middle of the night and I experienced some true rest. Right because I understood this and because I went to Jesus and because he met with me and he said, hey, give me your burdens. I don't care what they are. Yoke up with me and I'll carry you through. And that's exactly what he did. I, I hope that this makes sense. Guys, this, this concept here has uh, revolutionized the way I go about my day-to-day life. Uh, there's, there's not a meeting that I go into where I don't try to kind of evaluate, okay, is this going to deplete me emotionally? If it does, how am I going to refuel that before I get home so that emotionally I have something to offer to my family? Because that's important, Right? So the, the more that you can understand, this is what depletes my fuel and this is what gives me fuel. The more that you understand energy management and the more that you can hone that to your advantage. I promise you, I promise you it'll be a big help. I know that today has been kind of a different service. Uh, I hope that you're okay with that. I hope it was a help to you. And if you get anything from today, get this. Jesus can give you rest. Jesus can give you rest. Go to him, take his yoke, learn from him. You're not meant to live life running on empty. You're meant to live life with a full tank.